0: The, world is saved. the living room's dark, save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers
1: of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions, how goes it? I'm. Amazing. Ah, mm, ah, yeah, ah, It's yeah. right there on the box art and on the instruction booklet. May A-maze-ing.
2: Oh yeah,
1: Amazing. Uh, yeah no, that,
2: that was good. In fact, I am a mused. Well, really more like B mused. Or probably closer to C mused. <laughs> I hate how funny that was. <laughs> you bastard.
1: Um <laughs> My parents' marital condition at the time of my <laughs> birth is none of your business, So <laughs> That's fair. That's that's personal information. So, <laughs> so uh, we played Quirk. We did play Quirk, which, which is cool. Yeah, um, if you haven't looked at the title of this episode somehow, and you just have everything we do on autoplay, which is cool, do that. Yeah, um, cool. Good for you. It's K W I R K. And it mm-hmm. looks like you're about to play a game starring the Pepsi mascot, which there actually was a game starring the Pepsi mascot. No, uh Seven was it Seven Up had the little
2: dot? It was it was the Seven Up dot. Yes. Wait, there there was one with Pepsi Man, if yes. that's what you're talking about. Yeah, this is it would this is none of those. <laughs> no. The one with Pepsi Man was like a drug addled nightmare because <laughs> the Pepsi Man was a drug addled nightmare, because if I remember correctly, it was a faceless humanoid person yes. in Unitar.
1: No, didn't yeah. he look like the uh he looked like the T one thousand he was all like silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but he had like the Pepsi logo and then the Pepsi man one was where he was like running around the city trying to collect Pepsi tokens or something. Video games are weird. <laughs> yeah. We get we should play that one at some point. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Pepsi Man.
1: Well I'm afraid to say this next fact out loud after you made that <laughs> statement which was this
2: game was a listener request. Woo! Oh my god! Somebody, somebody, do me this <laughs> favor. Go, go online and request the Pepsi Man game. Oh. We'll do it. Be great. We listen to you guys. I had. I don't know if I ever played the Pepsi Man game,
1: but I did play the Seven Up game for some reason. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's not this. This is Quirk. This is a Game Boy game uh, from March of nineteen ninety, which. I know I've said this before, but I can't say enough how much Game Boy era games throw me off because they're Mm -hmm. so simple looking and sounding that my brain just throws them back like a decade to like the Atari era. And then every time I look at when it actually came out, I'm like, right, because miniaturization is hard. And (laughs) that's what makes this novel the portability of it, not the graphical prowess.
2: Well, especially because, I mean, you look at the Nintendo Switch. And I mean, you know, you can play games on the Nintendo Switch that look good on the PlayStation, you know? So it's it's even a step harder for our brains because you're like, what? So it was portable. Give who cares? Yeah. You know? But uh but you know, back in the day, this 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 thing was definitely like an you know, the Game Boy was an equipable weapon. You know, <laughs> like it would fit into your weapon slot, like if if you needed it to. Like it, it naturally went into your accessory slot, but you could put it into your weapon slot and it would deal like two damage, you know? And like, and I mean, it is big and
1: heavy, right? But I had a game gear and a game gear was basically like carrying around one of those old fashioned combination TV radios that like my dad (laughs) and probably a lot of dads used to like watch the ball game on, right? Like Mm -hmm. while they were at the lake or whatever, like that's, Game Gear was friggin enormous. So from my reference frame, Game Boy was like svelte and portable. But, <laughs> but I'm sure if I went back and held an original Game Boy right now, because this game, like all Game Boy games, I play on a Super Game Boy like an adult. Uh, but yep. if, I, if I went back and held an original Game Boy, I'm sure I'd be like, oh, my God, this thing is
2: a friggin Bible. Yes. Um, no, this is true. But yes, but we did play Quirk. And uh, yeah, it came out in uh, 1990. I'm going to say that matter-of-factly, like I also knew it before you said it. Totally. Um, and uh, yeah, no. so uh, what, What, if any, were your nostalgia goggles for this game? So
1: when this was first requested and I looked it up, I kind of had that moment of like, I have no memory of this place. Right? do the <laughs> little Gandalf side-eye. And then the more I played it, the more I was like, oh... This was one of those I will play this at Brian's while I am waiting for my turn on Earthbound or Chrono Trigger or Secret of Mana or whatever. And so my 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 touch for it is kind of the way kids who read highlights remember reading them at the doctor's office, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. not it's not good or bad. It's a thing I did to pass the time in an era before there were infinity things you could just do on your smartphone at any moment to pass the time right so th- like i don't i don't have good or bad memories of this but i do know that my hands were on this game when it was new um but but other like beyond that it, it's just a yeah i you know lobby of the doctor's office like that's not <laughs> and, and it's not even like an i nothing this game it's just a I know we met at a party at some point but I don't really know anything else about you. Sorry. I'm sure we'll get along great, right? So it's that it's that kind of like, "Oh yeah, you know, Bill from the thing." Uh-huh.
2: This this game is the scrolling through your Facebook feed and you're like, "Who?" Totally. Yeah. Oh, Just like,
1: "Oh. Yeah, yeah so that oh, that's, you know, right. not to it, it's I'm not making a judgment based on that experience of it, but like that's my whole prior experience and it and all of that was jogged by uh you know someone saying like, "Oh, quirk is a cool puzzle game. you should play quirk <laughs> I'm like, oh.
2: and i I personally did not play quirk um the way this kind of came about was I said there's a a nostalgic goggles game that I want to play, but in order to justify it as a nostalgic goggles game, we would have to play something in the genre. <laughs> beforehand to, like, anchor it. Um, and if you want to know what that one is, keep listening to the podcast. All um, oh, this is true. So uh, so I had not played this one before. I had played similar games, though. Um, so, you know, just... And, and honestly, I, I don't know how popular this game was, so just to give people, like, a top-level view, Cork is, um, like, I don't even know the, the genre, but it's basically a space-moving game, right?
1: It's yeah, I, game. I mean, puzzle would be the parent category, but that's pretty broad.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but basically like you, your goal is to get from point A to point B, and there's a bunch of stuff in the way, and you have to move all of that stuff out of the way in a way that still allows you to get from point A to point B. So I have not played Quirk before. However, I have played tons of this type of game, um, just because I feel like anybody who has played any... Anybody who grew up in the, you know, early 90s, right, would have because this game is this type of game is super non resource intensive, Mm -hmm. you know. So I just remember this type of game being everywhere. It was like installed on Windows as like one of the base games, I think or I just remember playing like a traffic version of it a while back where, you know, like yeah. moving cars. Yeah. You got to get
1: through the parking lot or, yeah. I mean, there's a infinity versions of this before and after quirk, right? It is the midpoint of an infinite list.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I am confident that, I mean, and honestly, you know, in, in the same way that, you know people play tetris all the time when they're trying to cram a whole bunch of stuff into a car right you know like <laughs> i'm sure that you could make the argument that this game has existed since man owned things you know and like had to move those things about to get from point a to point b so uh so no i have not played this game specifically but i have played similar games to it um and yeah so you want to you want to do, you, do your shilling? Oh, I do, do want get... to do
1: my shilling. So this episode, <laughs> uh, as it's released before the end of January, uh, you still have time before the end of January to do the Celeste giveaway. Link in the show notes. Basically, uh, TLDR, we're giving away copies of Celeste. So go listen to the 2018 year in review. Go fill out the survey, and then you might win, and that's cool. Um, also, uh, because of all this uh, stuff that's been going on through December, January, uh we got a bunch of new uh followers, bunch of new uh listeners. We appreciate all of you. If you're new, welcome. If you're an old timer, thanks for sticking around. All right. So that's uh and we've gotten some truly uh heartfelt reviews on the iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Um that like I'm I'm I keep joking about like, oh, we gotta do like a favorites review, like mini episode, but like now it's getting to the point where I'm like, there's enough in there that I'm starting to uh have new favorites that are like like dethroning old favorite reviews <laughs> and that to me feels like the trigger where you actually
2: have to like okay now we gotta now we gotta hold some of these people we, up on a pedestal we do like a, a, a bottom three top three you know we should just because i mean <laughs> I, I feel like they kind of make us jerks to be like here are the three worst comments that we didn't <laughs> like like that that's that's pretty awful um I mean, I guess you could make the similar statement for the games, but I'm not talking to the developers. You yeah. know, I'm not asking, you know, saying like, oh, you know, your game didn't quite make the cut. And then they'd say, and you've made exactly how many games, but that's not the point. The point is that we could totally do like a, a top three, you know, top three comments. And, uh, yeah, no, and, and, and yeah, let's do that. Let's and we do may, that. may do that very thing. Um,
1: yeah, so thanks for all that. You know, keep following on the social meets, uh, the Twitch, all that stuff. Um, For the last week, I've been streaming a game that's super not a Nostalgia Goggles game, and uh, one of our patrons actually came into the chat and was like, oh, hey, because they're on East Coast time, and they were like, oh, hey, I'm actually up late enough to catch your stream, and it's this pile of garbage (laughs) <laughs> and i'm 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 paraphrasing a little bit but that was kind of the tone that i got from them Nice, nice. and i was just like yeah it's a long story i'm playing this game because i essentially lost a bet um, but a <laughs> game was it it's final fantasy 13-3 which the full title of it is actually lightning returns colon final fantasy 13-3
2: again
1: it's an obnoxious story I'm sort of enjoying it, Um but
2: sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. I stroked off in the middle of what you were saying. What game are you playing? You know, it probably doesn't matter. I That's,
1: stroked off in the middle of saying that title. <laughs> 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 but yeah. So it's, you know, the, 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 the antics continue, which is tremendous. So thank you to everybody uh, new and old to these shenanigans. Now, now we can do the visuals thing.
2: So visuals, this, this game had them. They, uh, we're performing at or near expectations for a Game Boy game, you know? Okay,
1: there is there's one and only one thing to discuss above all other visual things. Go on. Why does this game give you camera options? And why does the default camera option exist when it
2: is the vastly inferior one? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's it's odd, you know? I mean... I, because, I mean, I started playing because it starts with the three-quarter view, the, the diagonal view.
1: Yeah, they, they call it diagonal view and bird's eye view. And if you yeah. imagine like a modern 3D game, one would be looking down from like a 45-degree angle and one would be looking straight down from a 90-degree angle. Now imagine that on not a modern 3D game, on a very tiny green screen with 10 pixels by 10 pixels that you do not have enough information to convey a 45 degree angle. So what you end up with is the crappy version of the game, which is unfortunately the default. And then the obviously superior version of the game, which is a choice you have to make every single time you play.
2: Yeah. And that actually kind of touches on, uh, one of the things that, you know, for better or for worse, the game does, which is it gives you a tremendous number of options. Um, you, you know when, when realistically it's like yeah I I, I kind of want some of these decisions to just be made for me like I, a part of me felt like I was getting decision fatigue before I even started playing the game that, I was like, okay, that's
1: fair there's a lot of things to do
2: yeah, and especially the first time you boot it up, you know it's just like okay. So, what do you want to play? Going up or going down? I mean, a lot of them are very nebulous, and this is immediately straying away from visuals, but whatever. <laughs> I do what I want. Well, you're you know, talking about the like, UI
1: of getting into the gameplay.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, um, <laughs> so you know, at the very end, it's like, hey, are you going up? And you're like, I don't. What going up? I guess it's like cool. Do you want to play on easy, medium, or hard? I'm like, I, I don't. Medium, I guess. I, I mean, I'm I'm smart, but not brilliant. So we'll, we'll go with that. it's Like, cool. Do you want diagonal view or three quarters view? I'm like, I, or three quarters view or, or sorry, it's a diagonal view or top down view. It's like, which one do you want? I'm like di- diagonal. I like Legend of Zelda. I think so. Like, that's kind of a I think three quarters. That that's cool, right? It's like cool. So uh, you ready to start playing? I don't. I, I want a nap. You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna
1: turn the Game Boy off and come back to this in twenty minutes
2: like i think i i mean you know honestly it's like oh i i have five minutes to play this puzzle game and it's, it's just kind of like well that was neat I, I guess i'll pick this up again later so uh so all that being said yeah i don't know why they made that a choice you know like i don't i don't know like with all of the other choices that they clearly wanted to give you why they decided to make tilting it a choice at all when like you said it is the clearly inferior option well, you know
1: as a puzzle game what you most need to know is the information to solve the puzzle and because this is a visual puzzle game and there is there are audio cues and we'll talk about that but none of them are necessary right you could play this like a lot of game boy games they intelligently design this to be playable on silent, right? With your parents Mm -hmm. yelling at you to turn down that damn Game Boy. So Mm -hmm. all the visual information is all you need. And what you're essentially doing mechanically is pushing blocks and that's it. You cannot pull blocks. You cannot throw blocks. You can nudge blocks in a single direction. And then if you want it to go in the other direction, you have to be able to go around to the other side, right? Mm -hmm. So if you imagine what a three-quarter view on a Game Boy would look like, basically all you get is the bottom edge of everything is double thick so that it mm-hmm. sort of looks like you're looking at an angle. And then Quirk, his sprite actually looks like a sprite where he's got like little feet and kind of like a little... I mean, he basically looks like the 7-Up Dot. So he kind of looks like the little 7-Up Dot, right? Whereas in the bird's eye view, everything is much more... um like tokenized right like this is a brick mm-hmm. and this is a, a hole and these are the stairs and everything's very very tokenized including quirk he now looks like a perfect little circle his mouth doesn't move like when he he does his little weird mouth animation at the beginning of every level he just bounces instead of his his head like showing his mouth opening and closing i suppose he doesn't have feet right He he's less anthropomorphized and uh, that's fine. I don't care about any of that because it's a puzzle game. And what I need is to be able to see the puzzle. So th- the fact that bird's eye view is not only not the default, but that there's even a choice is mind boggling. But why is it not at least the default?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't, uh, uh I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't, the three quarters view you didn't honestly, bother me as much but it is certainly inferior to the the top down view my only guess could honestly be that they felt that you know like they're they're, they it was a way of differentiating you know it's it's like oh but we have a fun cool little mascot but if we do a top down view you don't get to see the fun little mascot he's just the circle so yeah let's let's try a three quarters view you know like in. And kind of everything about the aesthetic of this game um, kind of lends itself to the fact that it was trying to be cool, you know? <laughs> it,
1: it, it is. which is Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which is, you know, hilarious because it's it, like you said, it's just it's a puzzle game, you know, but uh, if I remember correctly, um, so Quirk has some friends, right, that are not on the box art.
1: Uh, no. And weirdly, this game has a story, but we'll get to that.
2: Yeah. So, you know, Quirk's friends, um, because I was looking, I was trying to, I was stumped on a level. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to look up how to beat it. I tried to look up a, uh, a text version of it, you know, or something mm, something, mm-hmm. something where it wasn't just me watching a video and then mimicking it, and I wasn't able to find it. I had to watch a video, but while I was doing that, and so that's why this isn't research, was because while I was blindly stumbling around for a thing, <laughs> I, I found this, good, you good, know? Good save. Yeah, yeah, right? But his veggie, veggie friends are Curly Carrot, Eddie Eggplant, Pete the Pepper, and Sass the Squash. Squash. So, you know, I mean, the game's just... Just trying to be cool, man. You yeah. know? And the only way to really kind of get that across would be with a three-quarters view. But I think that then they're kind of optimizing for the wrong thing. You know? Yeah.
1: And I mean, again, the fact that this game even has a story is almost insanity on its own. But I I would accept I would accept the bird's eye view not being the default if the diagonal view conveyed way more visual information not like to help you solve the puzzles but about the characterization of the little vegetable people or the world that they live in but it really doesn't you just see the same right the outside of the frame is all bricks the inside of the frame is the puzzle area right because you're (laughs) I can't can't finish this thought without dipping my toes at least into the story so Uh, You and your girlfriend are out for a night on the town, and then Mm -hmm. on your way home, you decide to explore the labyrinths underneath the city you live in. Sure, as you do. Yeah. So you go into the labyrinth, and then your girlfriend gets kidnapped, because what would a video game in the 90s be if there wasn't a princess that had to be rescued? And of course that that's why every level is all bricks around the outside. And then like crap, you have to move out of your way because you're trapped in these labyrinths and you're trying to rescue your girlfriend. Right. So the levels, the way they look is not themed. They all look a hundred percent identical. There's no attempt Mm -hmm. at color or shading. There's no attempt at variety because that's not what it's about. Right. Like this is, this is, Tetris in its simplicity with just the thinnest paint job of like characterization and story leveled on it, you know, visually. And, and frankly, I just don't know why, right? Like there isn't enough story to justify like, Oh, well you need to see it at this angle because this is a real person walking down a real hallway. And it's like, yeah, I could imagine a real person walking down a real hallway, looking straight down on them. Like that's, I could still believe that
2: yeah and i mean and i do think that the visuals kind of fell down in another area for me personally uh and i don't know if you had a similar experience which was so he does have his little veggie pals right Mm -hmm. um so quirk is you know he's just he's a circle right okay fine Uh, and also too like he's the only thing that is 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 like rounded you know like he is clearly and the minute you start moving that's what you're moving so you're quirk got it um And again, this is kind of straying the mechanics a little bit, but when there are levels where you have to, with the veggie friends, help you out, right? And I I literally, the first level with a veggie friend, I just, I didn't think to press select. And they looked enough like just the background that I thought they were something I needed to interact with.
1: Yeah, no, 100% with you.
2: Yeah, so then, you know, I did the four things you can do, which was push on it from all four sides, <laughs> and it'd be like, I, "Okay, I guess it's I don't I don't know, this this looks like something, but there's nothing about the way it looks and no visual affordance for me to say like, like even if there was just an arrow that said, "You're veggie pal," you know, or if there was a little animated video that popped up and said like, "I'm your pal, Sass the squash." <laughs> I keep saying squash, squ- whatever. Squ- I can't, squash. I can't do this right. <laughs> yeah. Not, not squash, like sash squash, like squash. Uh, but anyways, you know, she's like, I'm your pal. Let's go save your girlfriend together. Whatever bananas thing, whatever drug adult nightmare you're on. <laughs> um, so, but no, none of that. So, uh, so that visual for me fell way flat because then without literally this key thing in the puzzle, Right. Which I mean to be fair, good gating mechanic. To be you know more fair, I spent 15 minutes of my life dinking around on this level, trying <laughs> desperately to figure out why I'm so stupid that I can't get past this. Until I, I, I this was the one where I went online and looked, and I was like, "Oh, you can be that thing." Mm-hmm. Welp. You know, so uh so yeah, the the complete lack of visual affordances there. Even if they had just animated it, so that way it was like bouncing up and down. I would have been like, oh, I mean, clearly it has a walking animation. You know, so I would have done something. But no, I mean, like so little visual stuff like that. It's it it really kind of fell flat. It seemed uh, not thought out.
1: Well, and all the text is either completely unhelpful, right? Where it's like. Because the, the three modes are heading up, or sorry, mm-hmm. going up, heading out, and then versus mode. So it's like, right. I can guess what one of those is, and I have no idea what the hell the other two are, right? Right. So right, right away, like the first thing it asks you to do is pick a mode, and I'm like, uh, the, the first one, I guess. Sure. Right. And then you know, difficulty is like you know, easy, medium, hard, or whatever they call them. Like that, it's okay. Like level one, level two, level three. I get like these are increasing, increasingly difficult puzzles because I understand that this is a puzzle game. But then, like when that screen loads, they could fit a couple sentences of text on the screen and just you know press select to become you know Pete the Pepper or whoever that asshole was. Like I don't know, I don't know why they just. I'm sure it's in the manual, right? Like I'm sure in the manual it says like, oh, these are like the three ways you can interact with the world and one of them is pressing select, right? You can push on stuff, you can undo like your last operation or reset the puzzle and you can become your veggie friends if your veggie friends are present. But those are your only three tools. But it doesn't tell you that in the game. Like nowhere in the game does it communicate that information. And I know it's a Game Boy, but like you've got that little screen, put some damn words on it that tell me how to play the game. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, no, and I mean, and again, this is a, you know, like, in the does it hold up, you know, kind of mentality of like, you know, well, it's in the manual, and you know, you you know, you had to read the manual on these old games, like, yeah, and I don't have to read the manual anymore. So I don't, I am not in the habit of reading the manuals. So if it's, if it's in the manual, and that's the only place that it is, then to me, that is absolutely a strike against the game, because we have learned now that it does not take a lot of time. There are different Uh, I I think um, if I remember correctly, there was kind of a a back and forth that Isaac Asimov had with like this one person about like degrees of wrong, right? I
1: think think it was the relativity of wrong. You goddamn intellectual property thief. Say what? You goddamn intellectual property thief.
2: (laughs) So the pullback, the Curtain Lions educated me on this right before we got on and I was seeing how much he would get away with me stealing it from him on the air. The answer was not, not much. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we've seen that there's a number of different ways that games can relay and tutorialize information to you, you know. And the worst one is text, but it's still better than nothing. It is still, you know, less wrong than not doing it at all or putting it still in text, but in a booklet off somewhere where you may never pick it up. Yeah. And, um, and, and the
1: thing about a puzzle game is, and th- this to me, this is this is going to sound like it's mechanics, but I think it is still visuals because a puzzle game is uniquely handicapped in its ability to convey failure state information because that would give away the solution to the puzzle. Right? Mm -hmm. So when you push a block, the, it can't be like, you know, Oh, pushing blocks against walls means that you can't pull them away because we don't allow you to pull blocks away. You can only push them. Like, you need to discover that by trying to solve the puzzle and then being like, Oh, I can't pull this away. Like once it's against the wall, it's against the wall forever. Right? So there's part of me thinks like, Oh, well they, there's certain things they don't want to tell you in universe. And that would make sense for the nature of a puzzle game. But then there's a lot of other things that it's like, you need to at least communicate to me how the basic, mechanics of your universe work and you can do that through things like you know the characters that can be controlled like bounce in some way or a single line of text on the screen or a friggin' arrow that points to them you know and like it points to quirk and then it points to them or they high five or something at the beginning something like and and this is particularly frustrating because i played through a crap load of levels and the veggie friends only show up a couple of times so not only do they not communicate this to you but you could realistically play massive chunks of this game and never see them
2: yeah no you can they they are not because the minute that the veggie friend showed up i was like oh well i guess i'm gonna see a lot more two-player levels and then no they all they all kind of disappeared it's and, and so then the question is you know yeah there's 99 levels cool Ten of them have veggie friends in them. Maybe there only needed to be eighty-nine levels. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Like, um one of the other things that my, my other main note for visuals that I kind of wanted to to make sure that I touched on was um and I and I did put this in the visuals, which is the redo button and the back button are too close to each other. <laughs> way Way to post, to post. <laughs> and so I'm going to go off on a, on a wild tangent here for a second, but I feel like it'll, it'll emphasize my point. The very, very first limb system that I worked with, or the, 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 the data acquisition software that I worked with, right. You would work up the data and then you would upload it to the limbs. Right. And so, you know, you'd work up like it'd take you an hour to work up all of this data. You're going through each chromatogram. There are 80 different analytes on each, shot that you would look at each one to make sure that all of the mass to charge ions were perfectly lined up exactly where they needed to be. And then when you went to upload it, the delete everything I just did <laughs> button was right below it. And you had to right click. And that's how those two buttons appeared. So it's not like there were buttons like on a taskbar. It was a right click dropdown. Ooh. So move my work further along the process was right above delete everything I have done thus far. And for whatever reason, um, the designers decided to put the redo the entire level button right next to the back button. And I know what you're about to say. It's not right next to the back button. There's a button in between those two. But if you hit up, it rotates you to the bottom, which means that they are right next to each other because that is absolutely something I screwed up a handful of times. And literally one time it did make me quit because I was like, you know what? I was looking for a reason to put this game down for a little bit. And that was the reason because I just, I just spent five minutes and I think I finally got to where I need to be. I just made one mistake. And then all of a sudden I was right back to the beginning. So I don't know why they, um, they decided to, to I mean, because they're all in just a row, right? And it would have been just as easy to put it next to the thing, right? So everything you need to select is, like, down in the row. And then if you wanted to go back, you could hammer over. Also, again, to the default, the default should be undo the last thing I did, not restart me at the beginning of the level, especially if you're hammering through it very quickly. So the entire way that is visually laid out is wrong. Yeah. Um,
1: and... Uh, something they're not doing because they just chose not to do it on the Game Boy is delete all of my work and set me back to the start is a dramatic enough alteration to the current state of things that in most like software you would see, are you sure? Right. <laughs> so that if you do misclick, right, because a button is poorly placed or because whatever happened, like then you can back out. But this does not do that. So all three actions, not only are they all effectively one away from each other because of the way you can rotate on the menu, which is Mm -hmm. that's a that's a good detail to catch. Good job. But not not only are they all effectively, you know, side by side, but all of them have no confirmation step, which I get like it's a game and it's a Game Boy game. So the fact that there isn't a confirmation step, but then maybe make it like. Two or three taps to get to the reset all of my work, and maybe make it like two or three taps to get to the back me out and throw me back to the title screen because, like, I'm because I don't I don't want to lose all my
2: work. Yep. Well, and and also too. Okay, so so on the home screen, right? It's it's A that brings up the menu for whatever reason instead of start, right? Yeah,
1: I. I have some thoughts about this in control. Okay. So we'll, I, we'll that, I, I struggled we'll with control. this a little
2: bit, but, but the, the, the long and the short of it is, is instead of making it a visual thing, it should, you know, you should have to hit start restart my run, which is, is a confirmation step, right? Cause that's what you're saying, right? Is you need, you need it. It needs to be a two phase thing. Mm-hmm. Like when I try to log into a highly secure account, it then like sends me a text message and stuff like that. Right. Needs to be two keys to unlock the door. Right. Whereas the back button I mean, just make that the B button. They put, it's B for back, you know? <laughs> so, so if I screw something up, I just hit B, and then bam, I'm back, you know? like That's, <laughs> that's it. That's all it had to be. It doesn't have to be a visual. It doesn't have to be visually cluttered. It just has to be a button. B for button. <laughs> B for back button. <laughs> so so um,
1: I think I could actually connect this to visuals. So the... The buttons that bring up menus that are related to the current puzzle should not be visually displayed in the menu that has the, like, change your entire state of playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. So the quit the puzzle entirely and walk away is in the start menu, and the restart the puzzle, which is tantamount to walking away, that's also in the start menu. But the yes. the B button, which takes you back, the back B button, right, Yes, that is a core game mechanic just like you would say jumping in like a Mario game is, right? So like that's mapped directly to a button, right? So you could actually clean up the UI substantially by only the only two things in that screen. Now your visuals are way more clear because it's like are you picking from a menu? These are destructive options. <laughs> are you playing the game and pressing buttons? Well, you're using the D-pad to move around. You can't pull things and you push them by just walking into them. So the only thing for the face buttons to do is be back, be back, be button. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this this would be a dramatic improvement to the, the controls of this game and the way we tie this to visuals is it would simplify and clarify the visuals.
2: Yes, it would make everything more visually succinct and it would make the uh... – the game the gameplay a lot faster because honestly there were some times when you know i was like playing and i'd be frustrated because i'm like ah, oh, i think i made like four wrong moves i want to go back in time four moves start up back start up so it's three button presses and again you screw any of those button presses up there's a 66 percent chance <laughs> nothing happens there is a 33 percent chance that you nuke the earth and you go back to the beginning you know yeah so not uh, fun no, it's not good. No <laughs> bueno. Uh,
1: no, that's, that's I, I was very annoyed with that. And, and we definitely, I mean, there's no way around it. We definitely just did like almost the entire control section. Um, yeah, my, my B. No, but
2: I, I that's, think it's. That's I, my B. <laughs> but I, I like. <laughs> you didn't get it the first time. No, I awesome. did.
1: I was just not going to
2: humor you the first time. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's also my B.
1: Yeah, well done. So, um, what I, I like the idea of this, this tweak to the controls, which is obviously the correct way they should have done it. And I will listen to no other arguments against our, our redesign of the game. Um, but I like the idea of it simplifying that menu because once I understood what all the visuals meant and how the world operated, you can actually flow through it very, very fast, right? The difference Mm -hmm. between someone who knows how to play Tetris and someone who doesn't is a lot of skill, but it's also understanding a few core rules, right? Same thing for Dr. Mario, same thing for literally any puzzle game ever made. So once you know those core rules, whether or not you like them doesn't matter. It's now you have the information you need to even proceed. And once I understood what the back button did, because for my first several, like, several rounds of playing this game, I thought back meant back to the menu. And so I wasn't doing the undo. I was just resetting <laughs> the entire level, right? So I didn't use back at all. And so the idea of cleaning up that menu visually would have tremendously improved my gameplay experience. So I I think it's like, I'm, I'm totally fine with the fact that this is so tightly coupled to the mechanics because there isn't a lot going on visually besides the puzzle and the menu that lets you interact with the puzzle, right? That that's the whole, that's it. That's all there is to see.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, it's good. Um, Do you have anything else for visuals? That was the kind of the crux of my visual stuff.
1: Um, My, my only thing is I got over this very fast, but I did mention in my notes, like it's like, it's boring. Like they optimized for, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they optimized for knowing what everything is, right? But there's no visual variety. You're never solving puzzles in a jungle or in the desert, right? Like they're not they're not attempting to do that at all, and it really comes through. I got over that really quick, right? I like nobody looks at Tetris and says, like, oh, it's so visually unspectacular. Well, some people did, and that's why there's a bunch of weird alternative versions of Tetris, but most people you don't go to Tetris for visual variety, it's you you enjoy the puzzle, right? And right. I got over and enjoyed the puzzles just like you would expect to do with a puzzle game, but the fact that there is like a little weird story going on did make me just kind of go like oh, I'm like I'm still in the endless bricks land, right? Because I'm I'm thinking of this character as a character on a journey of some kind which makes right. you sort of like feel the visual Sameness a lot more. Whereas if it right, was, bu- there's no
2: escalation yeah. of visuals.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Whereas if it was just a puzzle game for the sake of being a puzzle game, then it's like, well, I don't care what it looks like at that point. As long as I can have the visual information I need to complete the puzzle. So it's like, like it's in my notes. I did get over it, but I was just kind of like, eh, the fact that there's a story makes the visuals seem more boring.
2: That's interesting, and and I would I would definitely agree with that because basically. Um, what they did was they kind of... They they poorly telegraphed a core aesthetic, right? Because they gave it a narrative, right? And even though, like, if you say, you know, well, obviously, narrative is not a core aesthetic to Mario games. You're not playing it for the narrative. But all Mario games, even though there is... The, no one would argue that... No, no, no one, knowing what they're talking about, would argue that narrative is a core aesthetic to Mario. But because they have added a narrative, it's no longer just... you jump and shoot you know like it's (laughs) it's you know there is some escalation of the visuals even all the way back to you know super mario brothers the super mario brothers right um but eschewing that from this game kind of leaves it empty so it's like either a you have to change some of the visuals or b just remove the narrative component altogether. but it's gotta be one or the other you can't you can't middle ground that, which is, uh, I would not have thought of had you not mentioned it.
1: Yeah. And like I said, it's not, it didn't break the experience for me, but once I became aware of it, I was just like, eh. and then it kind of took me a while to get over it, but I got over it. But I like, I, I, I can't imagine having that little Valley with Tetris, right. And just being like, right. Oh my God, the blocks are still the same color. Cause like, who cares? It's a puzzle game. Right. But here you're just like, eh, I care for a second.
2: Yeah, um, so one one thing that I I looked up as we've been talking just because it was niggling at me and I just I couldn't I couldn't let it go that he's because a when we tomato,
1: what... not just a circle.
2: What? Yeah, quirk quirk <laughs> is a he's a tomato. Oh, I, I no, I didn't notice that. Now that's going to bother me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so before when we were talking about what type of game this was, and we said it's a puzzle game, that's that's pretty broad, right? Mm. So. It is a transport puzzle game, right? Huh. So, but, but here's where it gets cool. is that So it's a transport <laughs> puzzle, right? That has subgenres, right? Of course it does. So the, the subgenres are labyrinths, the player runs one convoluted pathway, there are no dead ends, versus mazes where a player runs a fixed set of pathways with many dead ends, which I don't know if that's like, you know, Oxford English defensible, but that's kind of a cool distinction that I never knew about until now. Um, But then the third one, I'm I'm not making this up, is Sakoban-type puzzles. Player pushes (laughs) objects into place. So Sakoban, which was the game that we had initially discussed, is me being like, oh, well, I want to link it to this other game, so we should play Sakoban because I think it was one of the first. It apparently defined the genre. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. But yeah. anyway, so this is this is a Sokoban type puzzle. It's a Sokoban type transporter, transporter puzzle.
1: puzzle. Yeah. This, see, this, <laughs> this is why. There's a, an old George Carlin line where he's like, "I have an interest. I don't have any hobbies. Hobbies cost money. Interests are free." Like that's, <laughs> I, I, I feel like when you start categorizing things, that's when you start to get into hobby t- ter- territory, right? When you go into a shop and you're like, oh, hey, uh, I'm looking for a puzzle game. And, and, you know, the the nerd who's like super hardcore into puzzles is like, well, are you looking for a transporter? Are you looking for like a Succuban transporter? And it's just like, I I just, I have $20 and some time to kill. Like, please help me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, no, but uh, so, yeah, so that was neat. But um, audio? Indeed.
1: Uh, This, probably like in Tetris and in Dr. Mario and in any puzzle games we will play in the future, is going to be
2: terrifyingly short. Yep. Um, And I think this is a place where, for whatever reason, we we sometimes differ. For for the music, I, I just imagine, like, when... When we we talk about this, I don't know whether we're going to be on the same page. But just imagine I am eating a half uh, um, English trifle and half a shepherd's pie because I liked it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it, I mean, the song is cute and charming, and like every other puzzle game, it's the song, like capital T, the, the song. Right. There's, there's no, and even in the other modes, right. There's no other music. Um, so you get a little song every time you start a mode and then you have the song that plays while you're playing. And I think there's like a little jingle on the title screen. That's unique. Um, I also like, yeah, I thought this little, the little jingle was perfectly charming and I actually did one of the 99 level runs on easy just to see if I could do it. Um, mm-hmm. so and I had the volume up the whole time, so like I listened to it <laughs> non stop through all 99 of those levels, and I was like, Yes, yeah, it's fine, like it's it kind of just fades into the background, it's sort of upbeat, yep. and it's it's kind of almost like a chimes kind of it's like very
2: high pitch kind of melody. And mm-hmm.
1: yeah, no, I'm with you, it's totally fine.
2: Yep, yeah, no, so uh, so the music I thought was, was charming, I liked it, um, it was good, uh did like the one audio affordance i was able to pick up on which is that it does make a noise when you are pushing against something that cannot be pushed
1: yeah it's like a bah, 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 bah. it's like a yeah. lo- it's one of the few low noises
2: yeah so i liked that just because uh, again it it lets you the player know that you're kind of you're doing something wrong it's like or you are attempting something that you cannot do so you don't have to worry about like oh, well, maybe I wasn't pushing on it hard enough or maybe the game wasn't registering my input or one of the million other things that you can start to think when you have now thrown 10 minutes at this puzzle and you've gotten nowhere because you're just, you can't quite figure it out. So all of a sudden you start going back and start checking the game against itself. It's, it kind of helped alleviate that for me because I'm like, okay, no, I need to push on this. It's blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can't push on this. So... Like, I now know that, and now I can stop trying that, as opposed to going back and going back and trying it. It's like, that is a non-option. Um, and I kind of like that.
1: Yeah, and you get that information visually when nothing happens, right? It doesn't flash or blink or do anything like that. It's just, it doesn't move, and you don't move, right? Uh, kind of like in uh, a lot of Zelda games, when you like try and lift something before you have the gauntlet, you go like, Arr! right? And there's like a clear... You can grab it, but you can't lift it right you don't get any kind of visual information like that what- What was the sound effect of that? Uh, so you can <laughs> you can grab onto the thing but you can't lift it, but in quirk, you get no i gotta just soldier on you, you get <laughs> you get no real visual information other than the fact that nothing happens right and having right. this one kind of like, as long as you hold in the direction you can't push, it continues to make the no noise. Um, right. Right. So I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it, it just adds that extra little, like, yeah, the button works, and we're telling you you can't push this thing in that direction right now.
2: Yeah. And and like I said, like, just that additional thing, because I could see myself being, especially, I don't know if this is true of everybody's personality type, but when I get, <laughs> especially with video games, when I get really frustrated, I'm not the problem. The game is the problem. This is not an IP10T error. This is the fact that the game is fundamentally broken and I'm right, right? So this helped curb that particular habit because as opposed to being like, well, no, the game's just broken. It's just not registering my like literally it helped lock into my brain. This is a non-option. You know, what you are trying to do will not work. It will never work. It is not a solution to this puzzle because you can't move this. So because otherwise my brain might say like, well, maybe maybe I didn't push it hard enough. So let me get the whole puzzle set up again so that I can push on this thing again. Like it it helps bookend it in my mind. Well, um and
1: and you say it that choice of words I think is actually meaningful, maybe I didn't push it hard enough because there are puzzles, there I would even go so far as to say lots of puzzles where there are multiple things you can push that can potentially be butted up against each other and you cannot push more than one thing at a time. So like if you have two square blocks and you back them up to each other and then you go on to one side and try to push on it, you cannot push both blocks at the same time, right? That is the same as pushing that block up against a wall for the purposes of continuing to move it in that direction. And so knowing like, oh, this is a thing I can move. It is a block. This is another thing I can move. It is another block. And then getting that kind of auditory, now you can't move it. Good job, moron. Like that's, yep (laughs) it's like I said, congratulations, you played (laughs) yourself. Because they don't move, like you are getting that information visually, but there is something satisfying about like the game going, no,
2: no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it! Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> all right. Um, that—that's really all I had for audio.
1: Well, I, I have to mention that there's a walking noise because that's y- you cycle time, me walking noise, right? Like we we each have our crosses to bear. And yes, uh, I noticed immediately that there was a walking noise, and then after like two hours of playing, and you know, across different sessions, I was just like, why doesn't this bother me? Because it's Mm -hmm. every single step it makes this like walking noise. I was like, why isn't this driving me insane? And then I realized it reminds me very strongly of the noise that it makes when you pick up a blue orb in Sonic 3's bonus stage. You know, like the weird 3D, right? (laughs) That is a deep cut, (laughs) man. Right? But you know what I'm talking about? When you're on like the little 3D you know globe thing yeah you gotta like yeah it's like it sounds a lot like that like they they're cousins if not siblings those two sound effects and i was just like oh this walking noise doesn't bother me because it's a noise that like is a good noise like in this other context that was a positive feedback noise like picking up a ring or getting a coin or whatever right so like in this game, it's a completely innocuous noise that doesn't need to exist at all. But because I have this Pavlovian response to it <laughs> in this other context, it's actually kind of having, like, this accidental, like, it, it's like, I don't like you, but you remind me of my friend that I do like. And so I'm just going to think about them while we're hanging out.
2: I, w- I wonder, how, like, how similar those two noises are. Like, if you were to, like, take a step back and say, holy fuck or holy shit," like, those two noises how close they'd come to each other you know you're so proud of yourself every time you do one of these aren't you (laughs) i am i am and that's one of the reasons why i love the fact that our shows are evergreen because for some small percentage of listeners (laughs) it may be the first time they've heard it so i get to seem like a genius every time but yes i and and also i mean you gotta remember man this is like no additional work for me like i just levied another like Half an hour on you trying to find those sound effects and then layer <laughs> them perfectly on top of my audio. And all I got to do was just drop an F bomb and an S bomb. So yeah. Uh, so uh yeah. fun fact. Um
1: in a recent episode, there is a sound effect that I had to use to bleep a swear word, and there were three versions of that sound effect. Uh I believe this is in this month. Mu- yeah, it's in Goldeneye. So there's oh, there's three versions of the like pew, like super western like bullet <laughs> miss or you know, miss the target. And I was like listening to them trying to decide which one I was gonna use, and then I was like, wait a minute there are three and there's three swear words in the episode. And so they actually not only are all three of them in the episode, but all three of them are in sequence. If you pulled them out, like if you do a ROM hack, which is what I have to do to get the sound effects out, like they're actually in order that you would find them in the directory of the games files, which there's no reason any listener would ever put those two things together, but it makes me happy.
2: Yes, and also, too, when inevitably we, we reach Simpsons-level popularity, this is the type of fan-based stuff that they're going to be like, did you know? Yeah, that, you know, so uh, that's how
1: our toxic fans will make other people not feel welcome, <laughs> is they'll be like, oh, yeah? Well, which game did they play when they used all three gun sound effects to <laughs> censor curse words? And then those or, are the people the we have to be like, they're, they're not cool. We don't like them. Come,
2: come be fans. No, no, they're not cool. Like when, when it's just like, Oh, I really love how they'll use ge- sound effects from the game. Like in golden. I, yeah, those they are the cool people. Yeah. Um, and then, and then somebody would be like, Oh, well actually in that episode, it's like, no, just, just stop, stop what you're doing right now. Yeah. yeah the people think, who think, can explain think the you... time
1: travel joke in the chrono trigger episode. Those are the cool people.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, those, I like those people. Um, so, uh, so, so yeah. Anything else for audio? No, no. I,
1: like I said, audio was always going to be a wash, and if not for these two tangents, it would have been way shorter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So uh, yeah. So gameplay mechanics, all that, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so one thing that and i don't know if there's a way to kind of get around this in in Sokoban games but it's something that you kind of mentioned and i think it's just kind of worth I, sorry I, our-
1: I i don't want to derail your thought but uh knowing that term is on the road to being the wrong kind of fan it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't put you in that territory but it is one of those things that like you're going to want to not you personally, a person would want to use that term because it's like exciting to know the exact term for a thing, right? And So yes. when someone's like, you know, oh, I was playing, you know, Baba's You, I was playing Quirk, I was playing, you know, Sokoban. it's like, oh, did you know Sokoban actually defined that genre? That's not what you call that kind of puzzle. And you can share that information at a cocktail party and not come across as a total schmuck, but it's way easier to come across as a total schmuck.
2: It it is, and I think it's all in the delivery. Totally, you know, where it's it's just are you are you bringing this up in, in like a hey, here are some hors d'oeuvres. You know, like I like these hors d'oeuvres. You may also like them, or you could just never have them at all. That's entirely fine. Or are you saying like, here are my hors d'oeuvres, and if you don't like them, then you're obviously some plebeian. And it's like you know, it's it's like, dude, don't 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 ever bring your hors d'oeuvres over here again. So the moral of that is, uh, don't 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 bring your hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't bring your horse devourers. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, and I don't know if there's a way to get around this in, in, in soccer type games, but um, it is very, very easy to make a move that completely screws you. This is you literally
1: know? my like, first note in mechanics is can't always
2: win. No, no. Uh, I mean, every puzzle they give you is winnable in the offset, You know? So, I mean, like, unlike Solitaire or games like that where literally you can be dealt an unwinnable hand. No, the game can always be won, but you are constantly... And again, this goes back to this new thing that I'm kind of working through in my head, my hypothesis theory, which is to say that I have formed a hypothesis, have not gathered nearly enough data to prove it, (laughs) but I'm going to bandy it about as though it's a theory, Um, which is that uh, it's it's just... It's, um, you know, cycle time versus failure state, right? So you are pretty much in a perpetual failure spectrum you're pretty much in a perpetual state of being one move away from failure you know well particularly as the puzzles get more complicated because the easiest
1: puzzles you can either undo a move like through the nature of pushing blocks right you can i mm-hmm. pushed it left and then i pushed it back to the right right so like that's an option and you have the the back option but there are puzzles in the harder difficulties that have, if not one happy path where you have to make every movement correct in the exact right sequence, they have, like, maybe two happy paths or three, right? But not dozens. The failure spectrum gets narrower and narrower.
2: Right. And so, um, so yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that, like, if you do happen to move the block in the way that screws you, then you are just screwed, which brings me – so. So that that is true, and again, in games like this, if you don't allow pulling, um, which would allow you to directly undo a lot of the stuff, right? Is as, as long as all you can do is push. I don't know if there's a good way around that, but there is a thing that you can't get around that this game didn't. Um, is the fact that it is super easy, super easy to accidentally push or move a block. You know. Yeah, because you, you um, don't
1: have to like double tap the direction to like get next to it and then push it. Like you can easily just plow into something.
2: Yeah. I mean, like literally there were times when, I mean, there were times when I accidentally just rolled, you know, my thumb onto the wrong directional pad happened to move in the wrong direction and then moved a block in a way that was now unmovable, you know, or unrecoverable. So that's frustrating, especially then when um you do that, and then you go to press pack. And as we said before, it resets your entire game. That can get frustrating because now, again, you had, have a very short failure spectrum or very tight failure spectrum. But, you know, your cycle time is just pressing the back button, except, oh, 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 oh no, now, you're, now your cycle time's two minutes. <laughs> um, and I do think, and, and I don't know exactly how this would work. You would be the, the better expert for, I know this is viable. I don't know exactly how it works, but basically saying like, okay, it's not a, infinitely small press you know like in the sense that like you have to be pressed up against this thing for 0.2 seconds or 0.3 seconds you know what i'm saying like you have to be a you're you're you have to be adjacent and you have to hold the button down for 0.3 seconds it would slow the game down a little bit like so you don't want it to be like a full one mississippi press right. at the same point in time you don't want it to be like i a a a, a a passing atom happens to reach the kinetic energy required in order to gently tap this button and make an electrical connection. And thus by extension, I pushed this thing right somewhere between quantum physics level interaction with the D pad and a full one Mississippi somewhere in there. I needed to register that I actually pushed the block. Well,
1: so here's here's how we tie this back to our, our earlier foray into controls and mechanics, which is <laughs> if undoing was incredibly trivial, like you just hit the yeah. B button, then you wouldn't care as much if you accidentally pushed a block because unpushing that block would be as swift of an action, right? Or as we would say in D anD D, free actions, right? I can freely Ooh, push yeah. the block. Free actions.
2: Nope, Two different things. Free what? actions and swift actions. I said f-
1: no, swiftly the adjective, but free action the type oh. of thing.
2: Oh well, then that was deliberately misleading. <laughs> <laughs> That's why new players struggle with the game. <laughs> swift, swift actions are free, but you only get one of them per round. Stop! stop free it, actions stop it. are infinite. Stop it. Stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I guess it would be a swift action because you don't. You couldn't stack unlimited B button presses into six second rounds. So, right. (laughs) It's it's not that free. They're cheap. They're not free. So they're, they're very inexpensive to just quickly press the B button, but because the B button doesn't undo and you have to go into the menu, that's when you would want that little bit of kind of that hesitation built in. And as you were describing that, I was thinking, what does that sound like to me? Oh, it's coyote physics. Yeah, Like, just give yep. me a Very tiny bit of delay so that if while I'm walking down a hallway and approaching a block, I don't let go of the what is now the walk button, which will also become the push button when I'm directly adjacent mm-hmm. to a block, right? Just insert that tiny little delay so that if I don't let go of the walk button right away before it transforms into the push button, I don't accidentally execute a push when I didn't mean to. That is essentially how I understand coyote physics to work, right? If I press the jump yeah. button half a second after I've run off the ledge, just give me the jump because that's more fun.
2: Well, and actually you kind of hit on another thing that I think might, I, I don't know whether it would work better or worse, but I'd be interested. I'm sure games have done it, but I'd be, in, be interested to see how it plays out, which is, um, so as it stands right now, B op- opens the menu where a opens the menu. Um, And the other one does nothing as near as I can tell, right? So um, what if B was for back, because B back, right? (laughs) A is the push button, by which I mean, like, you have to hold down A in order to push blocks in the same way that you have to hold down B in order to run in Mario, right? If you want to play it on the fly, like I do in Mario, I'm never not hitting the B button. You know, the B button might as well be always hammered down. But still, there are times I'm doing, like, really nuanced stuff where I won't, hold it down. Right. But 99% of the time I got that button down. Why not do the same thing here? Right. Just hold down. You could hold down the push button, but if you're, you know, about to walk through several blocks where you don't want to interact with them at all, you just don't hold down the a button and then you won't push anything. You can't, you know, and then, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so
1: a trade off there and it it might be worth it, but just a a trade off that immediately leaps to mind is uh, right now you could technically play this game one handed. Right, because Mm -hmm. if you don't make a mistake and you don't have to open the menu, you could play this with just the D pad. And so, if you had to, if you had to press a button to interact with a block, that would forcibly make it a two-handed game. Which is again, maybe that trade-off is worth it, right? But there, I feel like there are ways they could deal with this. And I would actually probably marry some of these. Like I would do the menu streamlining by moving back to the B button, right, and then also add in the coyote physics of pushing a block because then. That feels like a better balance of the controls are really stupid, simple, and if you screw something up, it's really easy to fix it. And I was thinking, like, oh, well, could they just add pulling, right, where it's like push doesn't require a button press, but then if you hold B, it lets you pull. And Mm -hmm. in a Succoban-type puzzle, they probably could do that. They couldn't literally do it in Quirk because one of the things you can interact with is not a thing you can pull, which is the spinny, like the L blocks and the plus blocks and the, so those, those things rotate around a fulcrum and it wouldn't always make sense to pull it. And then the thing that super wouldn't make sense to pull is uh, there are puzzles where there's holes in the floor and you have to push a block into the hole and then it becomes part of the floor and there would be no way to communicate visually with the Game Boy's level of graphics that you were pulling the block back up out of the hole. So if you have more mechanics than just literally push and pull, then I think you need a button that's undo, broadly speaking. Like, just undo whatever the last thing that happened was. If it was a rotation, if it was a slide, if it was a drop into the hole, like, just undo anything. Uh, But it should still be mapped to a button, not in a friggin' menu.
2: Yes, um, and the, my, my vote against pull is simply the fact that, I mean, yes, can, could you do it? Absolutely. It would mean rewriting every pl- puzzle in the game, mm-hmm. because the, 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 the challenge is the fact that you can't do that. You know, So there's a whole lot of stuff that that would like, open up. It, it would be like saying, you know, um, a solution to a problem in Mario is just giving Mario the ability to fly. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, but that does like kind of fundamentally change the interaction. So um so I'm totally fine with the ability to pull, but that would dramatically change the game. Well, and um, it, one it, other it would
1: change the game in a way that is significant to the puzzle design, not just that it would allow you to solve problems in a different way, but you would then bake that into your puzzle design. Whereas Absolutely. the ability yeah. to undo an action is not considered part of the solution, right? But if you had the ability to pull blocks, you would design puzzles where it's like, "Oh, I have to pull this block before I, you know, can then walk around right. it to the other side and then go push it right." So it would it would change everything in a way that having an undo does not. I still want it mapped to a button though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing too is like now I'm thinking about it is um, from like an, assess- an accessibility standpoint. Um, having to perpetually hold down a button is frowned upon for accessibility just because it absolutely is any kind of of muscular thing. So what you could do if I wanted to, to die on the Hill of this one idea, which I don't, (laughs) but um, is uh, is you could make it the inverse of what I just, of what I said previously, which is that um, when you push the button down, you can't interact with anything, you know? Oh, this is
1: your, I just want to run down this hallway button.
2: Correct, or mm-hmm. I'm about to navigate into a in, in a small area. I don't want to accidentally push anything. You hold the A button or whatever down, and now you can't interact with anything. You are just moving. You know, would be the opposite of that. But I, I would I think say the, that
1: that would have utility on a modern Sokoban game where the each screen is larger. But on this game, mm-hmm. the entire puzzle always fits on the Game Boy screen, right? That It never scrolls so that you can, like, reveal more puzzle or anything like that. So I would say, like, this type of game could benefit from that mechanic, but not this game specifically just because it's so tiny.
2: Well, and I think, though, what the 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 point that we're both driving home, which is that the fact that you so easily can so completely screw yourself has solutions, you know, like there's... You you could fix this. Yes, it is is very, very fixable, and certainly within the degree of fixable that was doable in this time, you know. It's not like we're saying, you know, well, obviously, if you just, you know, made the game three-dimensional or something like wild, you know, this was absolutely an addressable, solvable problem, and it wasn't. And again, the fact that you could accidentally move a block is further compounds the other issues with backing out of the game and also sort of stuff that we've discussed. So it's a it is the um the f- farting into the open flame that is, you know, <laughs> like just making the problem worse, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really have a direct follow-on for that. So I'm gonna just <laughs> like a fart on a flame, let that smell linger for a minute. Um <laughs> But uh, one one thing about the mechanics that I wanted to give particular kudos to, because it didn't jump out at me at first that this was an option. And then once I realized what I was being presented with on the menu screen, I was like, oh, as far as I can Mm. tell, every single puzzle and all game modes are unlocked from the second you turn the game on. If you wanted to, you could turn the game on and jump. So there's three difficulties and each difficulty has 10 levels and Mm -hmm. or 10 puzzles, I guess. And if you wanted to, you could take this game out of the plastic, slap it in your Game Boy, or if you're smart, a super Game Boy, and then jump directly to level three, you know, difficulty level 10 puzzle. And you could do that. Like you could do that from the very first time. There is no concept of saving. There's no concept of passwords. This is almost a pure puzzle game in that way where it's like, yeah, there is a little stupid story and it's dumb and I wish it wasn't there at all because it adds nothing and it detracts in some ways. But I I really appreciate the pureness of the form that it's like, yeah, if you want to see this specific puzzle and practice it and like you're you're planning to when you get to the playground later you're going to play your buddy in versus mode and so you want to like practice this one puzzle like over and over and over and over like yeah go for it you totally can do that and from the second you open the box and if you snap the cartridge in half you lost nothing because when you go get a new one you can jump to whatever your favorite puzzle was or maybe you don't like the first couple puzzles in the hardest difficulty so you jump to the third one like that's it's amazing. I love it. Right. Like I didn't feel yeah. compelled to cheat because there's really no benefit to cheating, but I liked that if I had to walk away from the game, I was like, I don't have to save. All I have to do is remember a number in my head. I was on the fifth floor. Yep. And I just jump right to that yep. one. It's it's phenomenal.
2: Oh yeah, no, that's it's it's really fantastic. And I think kind of as you tangentially mentioned, um, further exacerbates the fact that the story just shouldn't be there because You know, it's now like, so wait, I'm like jumping to this part in the story. That doesn't make any sense. Deciding that you want to play this puzzle. I mean, like we literally just recently got a four pack of puzzles for my son and I'm entirely okay with him working on any of them at any given point in time. I do not say you have to do this one first, (laughs) then this one, then this one. And then when he puts them all away and he's like, I want to do the third one. I say, no, You do them in order like that. That'd be ridiculous. So, and then one of the um, things that the game does as well that I think is a huge positive and plays into what you're saying very well is that, so, there is an aspect of discovery that is lost when you do that, because if you can just go anywhere in the game, then, you know, it's not like, ooh, what's the next level going to look like? You could just you can just go see. But um they put your score, your stats at the end of each level, like how long it took you and how many moves it took you, how many steps, right? So, yeah, you could just say, like, I want to play level 92, you know, and you go and you play it. And it's like, cool. But now that level isn't dead to you now that you've beaten it because can you beat it faster in less moves, in less steps, in less, you know, like how, you know. So it adds a lot of replayability to a game and makes it so that way the level select does not detract from it, you know, because now you can, yeah, you can jump to whatever level you want, but the point isn't am I good enough to get to that level? It's can I master that level? And so to your point, like then you can go to the the playground and say, I did it in a hundred steps. Can you do it less?
1: Yeah, no. And and the fact that it has the versus mode built in it, it really feels like the story is there for like stupid. I don't really understand what makes this game fun reasons. Like someone, Oh, I'm, You know what I mean? I'm so sure it was
2: like a a a last minute exec ad. Yeah, some
1: some suit was like, "Oh, we got to, there's got to be a character and there's got to be a story, right?" And if there was like a character and a story in the book and on the box art, I would just be like, "Fine," but the fact that they sort of try to communicate the information to you in universe, like. Through like the title screen, like has Quirk the little weird tomato guy on it, and then like he's got a little animation, and you can see his little sunglasses like when you're doing the puzzles, and it's like, why, like just this is a fun puzzle game with interesting puzzles like just just be be great at the thing you're already good at, don't spend time on this other nonsense, and the 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 hang on, I'm gonna actually look, so there's going up, which is the story mode, and then heading yes. out. Where you can say, I wanna play X number of rooms on whichever of the three difficulties. That's where it shows right on screen. This is how fast you're going, this is how many steps you've taken. You have bonus points if you like finish faster, like your bonus creeps up, and then that bonus gets added to your score at the end of each puzzle. Like they really designed this to allow you to challenge yourself. And then Mm -hmm. to go and like flex on your friends and challenge them, play together at this you know challenge your single player scores, but then also literally play head to head like in the versus mode. That this, it everything feels like they had this well thought out puzzle game, and then someone just came along and was like, "Friend, do you even know what it means to develop a game in 1990? (laughs) There needs to be a green mohawk and black sunglasses, or everyone in this room is fired."
2: It's uh, did did you ever watch any of the old Dorkly bits with like the agent? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It makes me think of like when he's, when you know he's talking to Mario and like Luigi comes in. He's like, "Oh, it's going to be such a pleasure to work with you, sir." And he goes like, "You know, I'm a Luigi, yeah." <laughs> you know, like, but then the way that episode ends, which is something that I you know quote semi regularly, but like. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, so everybody just thinks I'm being weird, which is it's like, all right, love it, M-Man, and you, grow 10 feet, grow 10 inches, and lose 10 pounds, or get the fuck out of my office, you know, like (laughs) that, that, but with the game, you know, it's it's just kind of like, you know, all right, we got this puzzle game, it's like, add a sprite, he's got to have attitude, or get out of my office, like that kind of thing, you know. I feel like that happens. Yeah.
1: No, it it absolutely does. And and I mean if, you know, if if uh if one of the quirk designers is listening and we're wrong and it was super <laughs> important to you to include this, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man, dude, if if like there's some like 80-year-old guy now that comes out <laughs> of retirement to just destroy us, I'm going to be so contrite. Yeah, no. Um, it,
1: it, I mean it, it doesn't it, it's a thin veneer of nonsense. Like, and we, we now and forevermore should stop talking about it because it's that like wafer thin, but it just, it adds nothing and in a few places. It does detract. And th- that's just the, the pain point for me is this contributes nothing. And it's like, it's a splinter. That's what it is. The story in this game mm-hmm. is a splinter. You're not, it's not going to kill you, but you, would you'd prefer it's not
2: there. Yeah. Kind of all the time. Um, I had two other things that one of them I just wanted to touch on real fast, and actually both of these I just kind of wanted to 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 tap on one of them is you can 't fall down pits I like that agreed um this 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 game would be nigh unplayable if you could fall down the pits it 'd be very very frustrating um also and I kind of i 'm kind of okay with this at first I was frustrated by it, but i 'm kind of okay with it, which is that from my own personal experience um the levels are not linearly in linear in their difficulty. Right. Um, you know, because there was one part where I was like, ah, I don't think I can beat this, you know? And so I managed to slog it through. And then the next level I walked through in yeah, 30 seconds, I was like, well, that's not great. But then I thought about, it, I'm like, no, no, that's good. It, Cause there was no point where it, there was like just this astronomical sudden spike in the difficulty of the puzzles, at least not from my seat. Um, And it's nice to kind of like not have everything just be this slowly creeping, I'm dumb, I'm dumber, I'm dumbest, you know, it's nice (laughs) to be like, okay, there, there was that thing, and then there's a bit of a fall, and then it gets a little bit more difficult. So I was like, at first, I was like, stupid. But I think that was just because I was coming off of being frustrated. And then when I sat back and actually reflected, I'm like, no, I kind of like the way the difficulty curve plays out in this.
1: Yeah. And I suspect that there is probably if you're a puzzle designer, there's probably some, algorithm by which you can rank the difficulty of a puzzle and trying especially
2: a a sakobanian transport puzzle there you go <laughs>
1: um a Sokoban like <laughs> um but if you then design i don't know however many total puzzles there are a hundred puzzles and then say okay now rank them in a perfect one to one hundred difficulty order like that's not that's not realistic right so However, by whatever means they rate puzzle difficulty, I'm sure it is not that precise. So right. to just say like, yeah, these are all hard. These are all not as hard. And these are all the easiest of the puzzles we designed. Like that's that's enough grouping.
2: Yeah. Um. Sorry, when you said Sakoban-like, it made me think <laughs> back to, you know, like t- toxicity, right? right. And the fan bases be like, you know, Oh, oh, what type of game is this? Oh, it's a sokoban like. Um, actually, it's really more of a sokoban light, you know? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> because in this what one, you can get better equipment
1: like? that actually allows the later puzzles to be way easier.
2: <laughs> exactly. So it's your player's avatar that gets better, not you, the player, that gets better at solving the puzzles. Therefore, it's a sokoban light. <laughs> uh, why are we doing this to ourselves? Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anything else you want to touch on uh in mechanics
1: um no uh the one other thing i will tack on to your comment is that uh if you play like the 99 level thing because I, I had to try that at least once i noticed that mm-hmm. there are some definite repeats in there but they are usually either mirrored or flipped over and hmm. that depending on how the puzzle is literally just rotating it can be enough to make it feel like a completely fresh experience and the only reason i noticed that in a few cases is because there were enough unique features or there were there was mm-hmm. like one or two symmetrical features that rotating it didn't change where those features were right it had rotational mm-hmm. symmetry or mirror <laughs> symmetry along a specific axis but i i like Jack actually can sometimes screw things up completely yeah i can um Viking gloves. But, but I liked that uh I, I like that they they give you a huge number of puzzles, but at some point they had to just be like, okay, uh just just take this one and rotate it. That that's confusing enough, right? <laughs> right? Is yep. is a hundred puzzles enough for you monsters? <laughs> well,
2: and also this was made in like, you know, nineteen ninety, which means they were just coming off of like the the cocaine fueled '80s, right? So you know they were just like they're just like, yes, just like flip this one around, right? Like that's good, right? 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 Okay, go, okay, 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 okay. Now, now it's lunch. Okay, no, no, I'm not gonna be. All right, I'm awake now. Let's do another puzzle, like that kind of thing, you know, where they just kind of hit it all. Well, I mean,
1: if the game was released in '90, you know, they were building it in Oh yeah, they
2: So, what were we talking? Oh, right. So, with all that, did it did it hold up? I, I, yeah, I mean, I got to
1: give this no nostalgic goggles required with the the knowledge that as a puzzle game, you have to have the rules explained to you. And unfortunately, they don't do that through gameplay. They do it through you just have to have the rules explained to you. So mm-hmm. I, I am way more accepting of you just have to have the rules explained to you in a uh, puzzle game kind of gaming experience. And so that that's why I don't love it, but I will like accept it. But I mean, the puzzles are fun. The music is charming. This game I think would actually be, if you did like the coyote physics for pressing on blocks, I think this would actually play tolerably well on a smartphone with like the stupid touch D pad, because mm-hmm. you don't really need, there's no Twitch controls. There's no sudden reactions, right? It's not that kind of game. So I, I could imagine, like, taking this wholesale and porting it directly onto a modern smartphone and just pulling it out, playing, you know, five or ten puzzles while you're waiting in line. Like, there are surely Sakoban puzzle-style games, and now that I know what that genre is called, I can go look for one. But, like... This, to me, is the kind of game that I would pull my phone out of my pocket for, and because the puzzles are simplistic in their design, they totally work on a Game Boy-sized screen, which means they would definitely work on a smartphone-sized screen, so... I would say not only does this genre have tremendous longevity, but I would recommend this Sakoban game to someone like <laughs> I would say go you know get your game boy like go you know find an emulator, go beg Nintendo to add it to switch online or whatever like it's it's worth playing it's fun. I would totally recommend this
2: um for me personally i I would go more nostalgia monocle I, I I pretty much agree with everything you said to me the um it, because this game is so ubiquitous, like this game genre, this game type, like there's been a million of them. In the same way that there's been a million Tetrises. But I think if if I kind of juxtapose those two things, there's been a million Tetrises. All of the other Tetrises are not as good as Tetris, right? Like, or or, or or are are as good, but typically not better than, right? Like Doctor Mario, it's fine. It's a different flavor on it, but it's not better than Tetris, right? The the fact that you can't Easily go back, and that you can completely screw yourself. And when you do that, you're really likely to reset the game. Like all of those types of things, all the kind of complaints we had throw just enough shade on it to me that it's like there's a million of these types of games out there. Play them. (laughs) You don't necessarily need to play this one. Like this one's, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say, oh, God, no, steer clear of that. Like if somebody said, hey, I'm thinking about picking up a cork, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. But if I were to recommend a game in this category, it probably wouldn't be this one. But overall, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's, it's, it's pretty quirky. The curtain falls The music plays
0: The credits roll Then it all fades To black And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player 2 There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memory's creeping, with the edge of a smile, you realize again, what you've lost for a while, you're gonna think back much less, on how you saved the day.
1: How that got saved to the end of the episode. I think it's because deep down we were both trying to avoid saying that. <laughs> <laughs>